Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning on a snowy day. How are we all doing? Hey, North Location, join me as we welcome the Plaza Location as we're all synced up together. One big family. Whoa, those, those drums are extra rumbly today. I felt like we were in the jungle or something. Everybody good? Awesome, awesome. It's great to have you in church, and thanks for braving the weather. Uh, man, yesterday was pretty sloppy. Today's not all so bad. Today's going to be a great day. The Chiefs are going to win today, and then we get to host the AFC Championship. Then we get to win that, and then we get to win the Super Bowl. No big deal which hasn't happened in like 50 years. Anyways, everybody good? Good, we're in a brand new season as a church. You know, about three times a year, Liz and I get together, we talk to the staff, we talk to the team, and we say, hey, what's the church going through? What are you feeling? What are some of the things you think really could help people? And we take all that information, and then we go really process it with the Holy Spirit. And say, God, what are you saying? Here's what we know, maybe some of the natural needs, some of the things people are walking through. But God, what do you want to say? And we just really feel uh, the Holy Spirit has led us to just a season that we're calling awakening. Awakening, that there's some places where we've fallen asleep that we need to wake back up. And there's some calling and some things of God that he's been wanting to stir you to, but you've been you've been dozed off. You, you haven't fully been alerted to the purpose of heaven for your life. And so we're going to be in a, a short series but in a theme for this season, they were asking God to awaken our hearts, awaken our spirit, awaken us to the, 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 all that he has for us. Why don't you go ahead and grab your seats at both locations. I'll pray in just a moment. I just want to read a little bit of the season declaration over you. You know, to kick off this season, as we do every year, we take a time of prayer and fasting. We did seven days this year, and I, I challenge everybody to, hey, seven days, and, and make it more intense, because in years gone by, we've done 21 days, and it's not that we're getting less spiritual, it's just days like yesterday are the reason I don't do 21 days anymore. Uh, I was like 18 days into a fast, and we had a five-degree day, a 10-degree day. I wasn't wondering if God was speaking to me. I was wondering, is there a God? Like, have you forsaken me? Did I miss the rapture? What is happening here and so we did seven days and if you missed it I just encourage you maybe kick off a little bit of this next week with a uh, extra attention to the things of heaven and maybe take away some of the normal parts of your life so that you can add some more spiritual pursuit you will never regret that decision might not always feel comfortable in the moment, but you'll find more of your calling on the other end of that decision. We have a seasoned declaration that if you weren't at heart and soul last Sunday night, we might have a handful of these books available. If not, we'll put it up on Facebook and such for you just to know, just to declare, just to believe over your life. And this one, I'm just going to read a portion of it today. It says, it's time to wake up. A, a new day is dawning, and I'm coming, to alive, coming alive to God's plan for my life. His mercies and grace are new every morning, and I'm living wide awake to the Holy Spirit. It's in the secret place where I find his plan for my path, and his inner work in my inside world is setting the stage for the greater works he has in store. I won't sleep on the significance of each 
day. Hey, it's time to wake up. And I love that thought that it's in the, the, the secret place. It's in the hidden place where God does his revealing, where God does his rewarding, where God does his greatest work is in our inside world. I want to speak today about the next small thing. The next small thing. How I many everyone's looking for the next big thing? Everyone's believing this is going to be the, the thing I'm going to add to my life that's going to change everything. This is the breakthrough, the promotion, the relationship. Everybody wants that great next big thing. And everyone wants that big breakthrough. But it's actually in the small where God does his greatest, biggest, most lasting, most powerful work. And I pray that you'd wake up to the power of the small, the power of intimacy with God. The power of pursuing him, even just for a few moments in your morning, even when those, the onset of anxiety or frustration or discouragement happens, that you wouldn't be praying just for the big breakthrough, but you'd be praying to hear that small voice. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're the God who is big above all, created all, and yes, you're the God of the small that cares about every intimate part. In fact, you have the, the hairs on our head numbered. You don't just know the number, you've numbered them. You know us well. You love us. You've called us into relationship with you. You've saved us. You've forgiven us. You've redeemed us, and yet you still have more. And Lord, I know there's people believing for big things, and let us always believe for even bigger things because you truly are the God of the big breakthrough, but you're the God who starts in the small. And so we thank you, God, that we would not be looking for the easy way out or the quick fix. We'd be looking to find you as we, you make a way where there seems to be no way. And as you speak to our hearts, we're alert, we're awake, and we're ready to hear from you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, as a kid, I was notorious uh, for the snooze button. Anyone a snooze button addict up in here? Anyone married to a snooze button person and you are not a snooze button person? Liz has gotten a whole lot better, but there was a time and season where it was like she had um, plans at getting up at 5.30, but she, she would not get up at 5.30. And about every seven minutes from 5.30 to 6.30, we'd be reminded of those plans. I've been just as bad. In fact, I was the worst the worst growing up. In fact, my parents didn't even trust me to wake myself up till I was like a sophomore in high school. And my mom would come down to my room and be like, Kyle, time to get up for school. And I would just say this, mom, five more minutes. Five more minutes. And when she returned five minutes later, what would I ask for? Another five more minutes. It's as if that little small could take me from asleep to awake, from rested, or from tired to rested. And we all know, like, hey, you really get your sleep by choosing on the front end what time you go to sleep. By making your decision ahead of time, I'm preparing to get good rest tonight. You're not going to catch up on the back end. In fact, if anything, it can make you, it can make you more, more asleep. And so five minutes really wasn't going to change anything. And small really can't do all that much for your natural. But small is exactly how God works in the spiritual. Uh, we would keep wanting big things in the spiritual but God really actually always starts in, in the small. I want you to unleash the power of pursuing God in the small. The power of finding him in the small. The power of making room for him in every place in your life. And I, I want you to unlock the power of your secret place. That there is a secret place where God shows up just with you. And yeah, at church, God can speak just to you and 
And you can be doing a Bible study or in a Hillsong Connect with some friends, and God can speak to you through what's happening there. But there is a voice from God that will resonate so clearly in your small and in the inside world that can change your outside world until you learn to make place and priority and pursuit of that small. You will never fulfill the great big thing that God has in store for you. And it's that next small thing that you, that you need. See, everyone wants this key to success. Everyone wants the secret to success. Even the book, The Secret, that came out 20 years ago, which was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. I don't even know what it was. I had no idea. I just know the Christians were all up in arms about it. And as soon as Christians are all up in arms about it, I just, I just pass on. And, but I do know this. like It was the secret to life. It was the secret to everything. And everybody wants that one secret, the secret to the stock market. They want the secret to, to buying your home, the secret inside info on everything. Everyone thinks they need that secret to go to the next level. In a few weeks when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, um, just expect some of our free agents and some of our offensive and defensive coordinators, some of our staff and administration are going to get hired by other teams. They, the, the other 31 losers in the nation are, are going to say, hey, we want the secret in KC. Literally, they know it's a church called Hills. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's dumb. Erase that from the tape. Who uses tapes? I don't know. But everyone thinks there's got to be something they know that we don't know. And always the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, get hired to be head coaches at other teams because they think there's one thing that, that, that we don't know. And that's got to be the secret to success. And it's never one big thing. It's normally culture. It's normally the culture in the organization, which is a thousand little small things. In the same way, if you really want to go to the next level in your God life, you have to develop a culture in your inside organization that isn't just one thing from God, it's the pursuit of God, it's this, this secret place. You put a high value on closeness with your creator. David, who is called a man after God's own heart. You know, he didn't get that title by himself, like he didn't label himself that. God called him that. How many, many of us could say, hey, yeah, we're after God, but hey, would God be able to say about you, hey, you're after me? I don't say that in judgment. I say, let's that be that a challenge that, that does not just with our words, but with our actions and our deeds. Does it look like that we're people that are after God from, from God's perspective? I thought Nathan did a phenomenal job last week just talking about how hey, God has priorities. God has preferences. And so are we aligning our preferences and priorities with the one who made us, called us, created us, and saved us? Are we living according to, to the way he wants to be pursued? So God says over David, hey, David, he's a man after my own heart. David says in Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2, he who dwells in the secret place. In other words, he who sets up shop lives and flows from the secret place. This is where you live from. He who dwells in the secret. Not who just shows up in the secret place and seven days of prayer and fasting, and I'm all about the jump start to our spiritual year, but he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, you're under God's care. 
And then from that place, that person will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God. In him I will trust. In other there's a response that we have of who he is to us that we can only find underneath that shelter. Everyone tracking with me? There's a secret place for you. And I love church, and church is irreplaceable in our life. It's something we're called to, and it's something that we don't just hop around to based upon preference, but we know that we're here for a purpose, and these are the people around us that make us better. But you need to find your own little moment every single day. I encourage you to have it in the morning, because do you want to have peace at the beginning of something or peace at the end? I want it throughout. I don't want to wait for my day to go bad to find the secret place. I want to start from that place. I'm going to encourage you to find your own walk in intimacy with God. And until you get to that place, until you learn how to like abide in him, near him, with him, you'll never have the real secret to kingdom success, the real secret to momentum in your world. It's in the secret place we, we declared in our season's declaration, his inner work in my inside world is setting the stage for the greater works he has in store. The secret to success this week, this season, this year, this decade in your life, don't hit the snooze button on the secret place. Don't push it off for another day. Now, God's mercy is there because how many know like you came real close to God when you got real bad news? When you heard that they were downsizing at work, when you got a doctor's report, when someone broke up with you, man, you got right with God real quick, and he is always there. How faithful is our God? But if you want to move on from always being in a cycle of what I will just say this way, if I could be real blunt in church, selfishness, then to surrender, and swinging on the pendulum back and forth, if you want to get some momentum for your future, you're learning to value this secret place. Seven days of prayer and fasting, man, it's been good. I'll be honest, it's been hard. Uh, I, I, good news is, these were my skinny jeans. Now they're kind of my baggy jeans. I'm like, hey, feeling good. Like on the outside, like it's nice to be able to see my cheekbones. They've been gone since Thanksgiving. But that's not the real benefit. Because if we're not pursuing God, it's just the world's worst diet. And yet it becomes something beautiful. The better news is that I'm full on God. The better news is that I'm hearing his voice. It's the inside that matters the most. But we always want to start big and on the outside. That's just the way we're wired. How many of y'all try, try to go to the gym in the last like 12 days? It is nearly impossible. It's, it's easier to, to become a Navy SEAL than to get into the gym right now. Like, there's no parking spot. You got to get in a cat fight just to get, like, a stair stepper or a treadmill. Girl got Lululemon on, but she's fierce right now. Because everybody's there. Because everyone thinks, this is the year I'm getting my outside ready. This is the year what everyone can see is going to be at its absolute best. And even Paul says, hey, outward, there's nothing wrong with a little physical training. It could have some benefit, but don't forsake the greatest benefit. That God does his greatest work in the culture of our heart. It's the, the secret place that he stirs up his divine mysteries and plan and purpose. It's the secret place where you learn to hear the voice of God that created the heavens and the earth. It's the, it's the secret place where you 
have the peace of God that can surpass all understanding. No matter what's happening big on the outside, it's in the inside he does his greatest works. We always want to be outside focused. I mean, people taking to extremes to cosmetic surgery and, and all sorts of things like that. How many know you can change everything on the outside and still have an empty soul and spirit? And gain the whole world and still lose your, your soul. Let God do his greatest work in your inside world in this season. It's time for an awakening to the secret place. Everyone wants to go up higher, not realizing they really need to go down deeper. The key to elevation in this life is devotion to God. The, the key to growing in, in, your, in your public calling, work, or family, all those things. And that's not our in pursuit. Our pursuit is God. But the key to moving forward in the outside is growing closer on the inside. Everyone wants to be bigger. But if you want to walk the path of self-forgetfulness and, and advance God's way, which is humility before honor, it's always foundation before future, it's always closeness with him before breakthrough out there, this is the way it works. If you want to see your outer world change, have an awakening in your inner world. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, as God works, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit works within us. How many guys always working all around? Does his greatest work in here. God's spirit works within us. We are being, we are being transformed to become like Christ. This change from one degree of glory to the other comes from the Lord. In other words, God says, hey, I do have glory. In fact, I've created you to become just like Jesus, and yet it's the spirit at work in your inside world that you are at work within us, you are being transformed. I love this, it's being transformed. In other words, it's not just a moment and you have it. How I many you know you can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and get a revelation from God's word? You can hear a message that really encourages you. But until you let it continue its work in you, it's here one day and gone the next. And we don't just need a random encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need to let his work come on the inside of us. And what he begins, he's faithful to complete as long as we're willing to stay in the process. And you are being changed on the inside. It's not all at once. God, who is big, cares about the small. In 1 Kings 19, we see Elijah. God takes him up to the mountain and speaks, and he puts on a show beforehand. There's a, a wind that blows that literally, it says, breaks the rocks apart. There's an earthquake that shakes and tears the mountain apart. There's a fire that burns on probably like anything anyone on the earth has ever seen before. But in the great demonstrations of the big natural things, the voice of God says he isn't in that. And then he speaks to Elijah. He speaks to him. And it says in this small voice, after the fire came what? A gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. Hey, if you want God to move mountains, if you want God to bring the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, if you want God to bring a breakthrough, if you want God to, to do something in your family, in your workplace, in your future, in your calling, know that it's going to be heard in that small whisper, what he says to Elijah is interesting. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? In other words, what, what are you doing with your life? Elijah, I want to, does God know what Elijah's doing? Of course. But he's inviting him. He doesn't just dictate the next 10 steps he's going to take. He says, I'm inviting you into conversation. I want you to come to a self-realization, Elijah. 
that, that I, I don't expect you to be here hiding out. I, I, I was with you against the prophets of Baal and uh, against Jezebel. I was with you against Ahab. I'll be with you again, but I'm trying to do a work in you so you don't just have one victory and then run away. That you learn to follow me every day. And I could do big fire and I could do mountain moving stuff and I, I can make it rain when it hasn't rained for three years, but I want you to know the power of my voice. And it's in the still small vase, place where you truly find the real power of God. You know, when someone says they want to tell you a secret, what do you do? You lean in, right? Someone say, hey, psst, hey, I want to tell you a secret. How many know you're never going to turn that down? How many are like, no, nope, don't want to know any secrets? <laughs> of course you want to know secrets. We're wired that way from the playground as a kid. It's like, yes, tell me the secret. What's going on? What do you do? You, 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 you lean in. You do your best to eliminate the distance between mouth and ear. That's what the secret place is. It's doing your best. You won't be perfect at it. To eliminate the distance between God's heart and your heart, God's mouth and your ear between you and God. And I wrote this down. If you're taking notes, write this down if you would. Uh, the next small thing that you're looking for is I have to be near him, not just know him. Because there's two different types of knowledge. There's knowing about someone and there's knowing someone personally. And you need to be near to really know. You need to be near to really know. Because knowledge doesn't equal intimacy. I know everything about my lovely wife, Elizabeth Ann Turner, five foot two, maybe. <laughs> Beautiful brunette, blonde when I, when I married her, but hey, that's cool. Born 1980s something, let's say late 80s. I know her social security number. I know her passwords. Sometimes I'm the only one who knows her passwords. <laughs> I know everything about her. I know what she loves, her preferences. I know what she doesn't love, and most of the things she doesn't love are some of my things I do wrong. I probably, some of the things I do are probably her biggest pet peeves. I know more about her than anyone else on the planet. But I can know every single fact about her, but if I've not really heard her, if I've not really let, touched her heart, if I've not really let her not just share facts, but let her share feelings with me, how many know I can know everything about her and not have relational intimacy? And this is where exactly many of us are with God. In fact, one of your goals this year, one of your New Year's resolution was to, I'm going to read the Bible through, which is powerful. And it should be a goal of every single one of us. At minimum, you need to read the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs this year. I would encourage you to read as much Bible as you can, but don't be so focused on getting to the end of the plan that you didn't meet with the person, Jesus. Don't be so focused... I'm grinding through your 15 or 20 minutes of prayer, which I think is powerful, and you should set a timer at first to stretch yourself. But it was so focused on just getting to the end that you don't leave any space for him to speak back. That's the secret place, because you can know all the facts about God. But until you come close, you will not know the Father's secrets. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, hey, all you got to do, you got to come close to God. He will. God will. God will come close to you. It's in the secret place you have to learn to surrender your agenda. That you begin to learn, hey, I got, just like Jesus did in that intimate moment where he was crying out for help. 
in the Garden of Gethsemane says, nevertheless, not my agenda, God, but yours. I don't like what I think you're calling me to from a physical thing, but I'll say if this is what's needed from a spiritual standpoint, not my agenda, God, yours. Luke chapter 10, great story about priority. As Jesus and disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But we know this story if you've been in church. But Martha was what distracted by all the preparations that it said had to be made. In other words, this is some stuff that's got to get done if I'm going to host Jesus. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Marsha, Marsha, no, that's the Brady Bunch. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is what? Better. Some of those other things are bad. This is better, and it will not be taken from her. This one thing is needed. Hey, the preparations all had to be made, but not in the wrong priority. All the things you've got to get done on your agenda, those are vital. They need to get done, but not until you connect with the very one that you're trying to what? Serve. He says, I don't need you to make the meal for me right now. I want you to come close to me. I don't need all the things you want to do for me. I want you to, to know me. This one thing is needed. And she's at the Lord's feet. And I think it gives us a very clear example of what your secret place should look like. It's Jesus above. If she's down there, that means Jesus is above. And she's as close as she can get. How many of you can't get much closer to a person than sitting right by their feet? But it also shows that, hey, Jesus is above me. I'm not coming to Jesus trying to pull him down to my place to get him to do something for me. And I'm not above Jesus dictating to God all the things that I want him to do for me. I'm sitting, not striving, not working, not wrestling. I'm sitting at his feet. Jesus above and I'm in his presence. I'm giving some moments, some time to the presence of Jesus. And I'm listening to his voice is what it says. In other words, she's hanging on every word. I mean, she's... Maybe not speaking at that moment, but she's listening. I think for us, it means that we get into the word and we try to hear what God is saying to us, not just to finish the chapter or the verse. And that's what the secret place looks like. And if you only have 10 minutes, start there. And if you only can carve out 15, that's great. But learn to find him in the beginning before all the agenda of everything. It's going to get done and it needs to get done. And it is a priority, but it's not the priority. You're worried about many things. And how many know we got many things to do? Maybe you got many things to do later on today, many things to do later on this week, but this one thing she has what? Chosen. It's the power of your choice. I'm going to choose to put a personal priority on the secret place, the presence of God in my life. It's Jesus above. I'm praising him. I'm worshiping. He's Lord over my life. I'm inviting his presence. I'm hanging on every word. I'm in the word church. I, I'm convinced that the best for your life is not the best that you're going to find in success in your relationships, for you maybe at work, even in the boardroom, for students in your classroom, that all the great things that you're going to find in life, that is not the true sign of success. You can have those things and miss out on the most significant part of life. I think the greatest success you'll find in your life is going to be found in the quiet place in the secret place. 
Awakening to the pursuit of more of him. You are as close to God as you want to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. The next small thing, life promotion, you need to understand, does come from God devotion. Life promotion in every area of your life. You want your marriage to get better? Secret place. You, you, you want your finances to grow? Of course, it's wisdom and decisions, but you're going to hear from God? Secret place. You, you, you want healing in some place of your life. You can pray until you're blue in the face, but until you learn to really pursue that presence, not just pray, but get close to him in a relationship, that is the key to your healing and to your restoration. If you want more in your outside world, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you gotta learn just how to dig deeper inside. Public promotion comes from private devotion. Life promotion comes from God devotion. Jesus says in Matthew 6, which if you've been in a Bible reading plan, you've already read this this last week or two. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. They love to be seen as people of spiritual significance. They love to pray on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their, world, their reward in full. In other words, they ain't getting anything from God. They can have the approval of a person, but they do not have the approval of their father. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father. One translation says, literally says, go to your secret place. God who is unseen. And we'll close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in where? Secret. Will reward you. Priority produces focus, and focus produces power. And when you put a priority on the presence of God, you're getting filled up with the power of God. And when you're a carrier of the power of God, you're aligning yourself with the plan of God, you're hearing the voice of God, you're letting your life being steered daily in conversation and business decisions and raising your kids by the, the wisdom of God, you're going to have a more powerful life. You're going to have a life where the kingdom of heaven is established with every step that you take. And yet that map, that pursuit, that place is found not in public but in secret. How many of you would like to say that you want what God wants for your life? How many would say, I want the will of God for my life? I believe every, there's four of us here. I'm sure the plaza, a very spiritual place. Every hand was raised. We all want the will of God for our life. Do you know what I believe God wants with you more than anything he wants from you is I think God wants to walk with you daily. If we look at the world that God created before everything went bad, what was he doing? He's walking with his creation. Do you know that? He's not up in the throne room watching the spiritual fitness and fervency of Adam and Eve. It says that he was with them in the cool of the day, walking through the garden, and he was looking for them. Could that be that that's the original intent, is that a father wants to spend time with his kids? And if you want a garden-like life, if you want the best of God in your marriage, in your family, in your future, maybe the very key is let's go back to the beginning. Let's learn to walk closely to him. What's the best thing I could do for God? Like my answer normally would be, honestly, would be, I'm going to build the church. I'm going to get as many people saved, fired up for Jesus as possible. I'm going to shake things up in Kansas City. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> sounded 
sounded jazzy. And I want to make a big difference for you, Jesus. But the truth is, like, all those things are great. But Jesus tells us of a conversation he has with people that did all sorts of things in his name. And then he said, but Jesus, how come we're not with you right now? And he's like, hey, but we, we prophesied and we prayed and we proclaimed and we healed and we cast out demons. I mean, some varsity level stuff. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry, you got to depart from me. I, I don't know who you are. Depart from me. And it's not that we don't believe big and proclaim big and walk big, serve big, live big for God. But the bigness of God is found in the smallness of closeness to him. It's found in the secret place. I would just be honest with you, church, fully transparent. This is where God is challenging me the most since the first time preaching this on a Sunday morning, first time preaching this year. And so I'm just letting you know, this is where I'm growing this year. Not in all the big, bold things I'm going to do for God. And we're going to do some big, bold things. But I'm telling you, I'm going to find those things, hear those things, receive those things in the small place. Isaiah says, those that wait on the Lord, what? You can mount up with wings like eagles. You can run and not grow weary. You can walk and not grow faint. I was just reading that the other day, and I was just thinking like, like the first two are pretty awesome. Like who doesn't want to soar like an eagle? That's amazing. And who doesn't want to run? Like runners get celebrated. Runners get the prize. But walk, walking is pretty normal. But hey, it says when you wait on the Lord, not only will you soar, not only will you run, but you're going to learn to walk. You're going to learn to walk. And no one's cheering on walkers. Like you go to the mall, Grams and Gramps. It's got those, like, they have the, they're called dad shoes. Now they're cool. Back then they weren't, like, but they're rocking those shoes, and they're walking. No one's cheering them on, but they're doing it. Why? They're, they're doing that walk wide to stay healthy, to stay, to stay active. And the same way, like, hey, you're going to soar this year. I have no doubt in my mind. If you would, if you would find a secret place, you're going to soar. I have no doubt in my mind. You're going to run places and go places you've never been before. God's going to carry your life to new breakthroughs. But I'm telling you, it's the key is found in learning to, to walk with him. I love this passage I came across this week. Amos 3, verse 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Can I tell you, God has already agreed to meet with you. You do not need to set an appointment. But you have to agree to meet with him. The power of breakthrough in your life this year is not found in the fire, in the earthquake, in the wind. It's not in the shaking and the stirring of mountains. It's in the surrender in the secret place to walk to your God, to draw close to your God, to cry out to God, to obey what he says in the secret place, to find him. I believe this, if you would work to protect the secret place, God will work to promote your life in wonderful ways. At both locations right now, we're going to pass out communion because I want to start this year for you as we end this fasting and praying time with an invitation to closeness to God. We're going to go ahead, host. We can pass that out. Thank you. I pray that you would be awakened, spiritualized to see, heart after God like never before, did you hear his voice? You know, when you're working on your outside, 
fitness, you always you got to learn to count the right things. Count your macros. You count your calories. You count your carbs, your fats, all those things. Uh, I think it's time to count what really matters in your inside world. What, what space have I really carved out for God? Where, what does my pursuit look like? Am I inviting him into my daily work and my world? Am I celebrating what he's already done? Am I listening? Am I reading? Am I working his ways into my life? And I believe the more you can count up the times that you've created space to get close to him, the more you'll be able to count the breakthroughs and the battles and the victories and the triumphs and the redemption story that God is outworking in your life. Listen, last thought. Small moments with God produce big results in your life, in your world, in your future. It's a secret place. You find his path. His inner work, we've declared, in my inside world is setting the stage for the greater works he has in store. Why don't we stand to our feet, both locations. We're going to receive communion together, and then we're going to worship for a moment, then we'll pray. Jesus in the book of Revelation, in other words, at the very end of it all, comes and it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we've always heard that passage. I've preached this before. Like, hey, he's knocking on the door of salvation. It's time to open the door and get saved. He says, no, it's not about salvation. It's about communion. It's about connection. It's about closeness. He says, I want to come in and have dinner with you. I'm not coming to deliver you right now. I'm not coming to set you free. No, I'm coming to connect with you. And communion is a moment of remembrance for us as a church, but we're just going to decide it's all about Jesus and growing closer to him. And when we grow closer to him, everything that he wants will grow out of our lives. Amen. Jesus said, if you hold up the bread, this is my bread. It's been broken for you. It's like my body represents my body that went to the cross. Very real death on the cross produces a very real life for us with God. As we receive of this bread, let's remember the sacrifice of our Savior. Can we receive of the bread? Jesus with his close friends in one of those dinners, the kind of relationship he wants to have with you, closeness, poured out a cup of wine and held it up and says, hey, this is my, my blood that's going to be poured out for you. This is the new covenant I have with you that I'm willing to drain myself of all that I am to cover all of your mistakes, all of your sins, and to fill you up into all that I have for you. That's the beauty of covenant we have with Christ. And as we drink this in, let's drink this in from a place of not performance, not trying to get his attention, but that we've already been invited to the family. We've already been set free. We've already been forgiven. And his best is still yet to come. Let's receive the cup. Let me pray for us, then we'll worship. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the plaza location for the north, for everyone who's watching online. Lord, I thank you that this year is a year not marked out with our achievements, not marked out with even our, the, the, the strength of our willpower, but it's your real power at work in our life where we humble ourselves to seek your face, to, to come closer to you. God, I do believe you have victory in store for every one of us, breakthroughs, God promotion, but we're going to find that in your presence. So Lord, forgive us of ever going through the motions and remind us and reward us as we pursue you in secret. Let your very best be done in our inside world so that we can do greater works for you in our outside world. In Jesus' mighty name, let's worship together.